Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? I mean, you guys know how great I am. G-Men win week one of what? <laughs> you know, by the way, first time since 2016 that the Giants have won in week one. It has been yeah. six years. Six years, no. so I, I'm psyched. I could not be happier. Um, I, I don't even. I'm on a high right now, so I don't even care if we lose the rest of the year. I'm yeah. good with week one. Saquon looks great. <laughs> he yeah, did no, look really good. I, I'm great too. I know Armand's very great. A nice Bears win, and they're going into the Packers game. The Packers don't look good at all. Bears could start two and zero. Armand, that that slip and slide at the end of the game was what actually like bought me into this team. Jihei one and zero. Steelers, Steelers. Mitch let him down the field. He was terrible. He was terrible. Burrow in the game. was terrible. But yeah, no. Burrow <laughs> handed the Steelers the win. I, I, I couldn't be happier right now. This is what I dreamed of going into Week One. This was one of the best Week Ones in oh, quite yeah. some time in terms oh, yeah. of games coming down to the wire, late, upsets. late field goals, stuff like that. And I was at the uh, Chargers game at SoFi, and we will get to that momentarily. With that said, let's get to today's headlines. Brought to you by Circus Sports, Circus Millions, and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. Well, the Chargers defeated the Raiders, the Raiders, uh, 24-19, and Khalil Mack had a stellar Chargers debut Finishing with three sacks. In fact, the Chargers defense was the story of the day as they also intercepted Derek Carr three times. Justin Herbert threw for four touchdowns and the Chargers are 1-0. and I mean, should anybody be shocked right now? Heading into their game against the Chiefs this Thursday. Were you guys impressed by the Chargers and will, Kansas, uh, will they beat Kansas City this week? Very impressed. I mean, we knew this about Justin Herbert. I mean, the amount of tweets that I saw were like, this guy's for real. He's the real deal. I'm like, this is like year three of this guy. And I'm not saying that those aren't appropriate tweets, but this is year three of him being one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But some of those throws he had, incredible. I mean, like you could count on one hand, and you might not need you might not need all fingers, all five fingers, to count the number of people who can throw the ball the way that Justin Herbert did last night. So listen, it was an amazing game for the Chargers. Here's my. Big takeaway, though. We knew that they could score. We knew how good Justin Herbert was. It's the defense. They spent a ton of money to improve that defense. Khalil Mack, big game for him. And when they get J.C. Jackson back, now you're talking about a team that can really contend for the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, no, this is a fantastic team. I know I said in preseason they'd win 12 games, and I, I stand by that prediction. I said Chargers are going to win the division. Chiefs will get second. We'll see what happens in this game this week. Um, I know, I, I think I predicted the Chargers to win this game um, in my article. It's coming out for the Sporting Tribune. Shout out Sporting Tribune. By the way, so, I felt really bad because Brandon did such a great job of predicting that the Rams would get blown out and that the Chargers would win this game close. And we can only say that. And, and so we kind of have to be, begin have to, uh, his season out. outlook in week two. But he did correctly predict those yeah. two games. Yeah, no, and the Raiders, a lot of people are like, oh, the Raiders, oh, they Suck. They don't suck. The Chargers are just that good of a football team. You know, Derek Carr is going to play better. It, him and Devontae Adams, his connection was great. Darren Waller got involved in the game. Khalil Mack is what surprised. I was thinking about Nick Hamilton when he said, oh, Khalil Mack is washed. Khalil Mack is washed. <laughs> He's always saying that. And I'm like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to that. Like, Khalil Mack is not washed. He had three sacks yesterday, forced fumble. Well, I think that he's playing with a chip on his shoulder because everybody says that about him, right? When he Well, I don't understand Chicago. why. It's not his fault he played on that awful Bears team last year. You know, like, it's it's not. The Bears team was so bad last year. That poor... But now he's good. Now he's back. Now he's back. Thanks now to my team. Back. The, uh, the biggest takeaway I had from that game is those two inexcusable interceptions by Derek Carr. And this is the dilemma oh, they that were awful. I've always faced with, with Carr is you see the talent, you see the skill, but it's just those inexcusable decisions that he'll make from time to time. And it's just like, what were you looking at? The deep throw to Adams was literally in triple coverage. And they were driving. They had momentum when he's doing those kinds of things. The positive is that the Raiders defense was able to shut down Herbert and keep the game within striking distance in the second half, which I know from my standpoint, I'm, I'm assuming you guys felt the same way. First half, it looked like Herbert was going to control this kind of like Mahomes did against the Cardinals. But it turned out to be a close game. The Raiders defense gave me a lot of hope. And Khalil Mack, I I mean, wow, to put the game away on that last final play with the three sacks on the day. This Chargers team, they have a little bit of room, obviously, for improvement. They need to learn how to put teams away a little bit more decisively when they have them on the ropes. But they are as advertised. I mean, it's, yeah, and it's I, that simple. I'll add one more thing, too, is I think Justin Herbert, if we're, Herbert, if we're just talking arm, his arm looks better than Josh Allen's on, on Thursday night. Josh Allen obviously can run and change the game with that. Herbert is not as fast, not as, you know, agile and big to, to do that. But the, the throws he was making and on coverage and just hitting it right on the money I, this is going to be a great year for this this young man. I mean, there's a reason why his, his million-dollar rookie card just sold, right? I mean, this guy is incredible. I think the big thing, big takeaway from this game is Austin Eckler. The run game has to get better. 14 carries, 36 yards. I mean, this is the third overall fantasy pick for some people. Austin Eckler, obviously, he gets his receptions. Four receptions, 36 yards. No touchdowns for Austin Eckler. I mean, not, he had 20 touchdowns last year. Right. And then Keenan Allen gets hurt. That's going to be. But DeAndre Carter comes in and he throws a touchdown to him. So and, and Gerald Everett, like I said, great offseason addition. This Chargers team is going to be very good. I expect them to win in Kansas City on Thursday night. I really do. Where, uh, what is everybody else's thoughts as far as like the Chargers beating Kansas City? I like the Chargers. Uh, it's a tough game in terms of a short week. And I do like the Chiefs. And I do like the Chiefs, generally speaking, in Kansas City. But this is one of those games where I think that the Chargers, as good as we know that they are, and as good as they looked, 
they can really make a statement and say we are for real. Like on a short week, on a Thursday night, we're going to go into KC and say this is our I mean, this is the now. game of the week. I love oh, yeah. how the yeah. NFL is putting these games of the week yeah. on Thursday. Like have its own day. Because I think people like personally yesterday when I was watching all the games, obviously I was sad because my team lost to a game we should have won. But throughout the day, you just watch so much football. And by the time Brady is playing the Cowboys, I'm like, I want to watch this. Was you anybody know? else disappointed in that game? I knew it was happening. I knew the Cowboys would suck. Grant and I both said the Lions were going to be better it than was the Cowboys. Just, here's my yeah. thing: is that like I, I'm, I was fully aware that the Cowboys weren't going to be great, but I just at least thought that you would compete because there's no I such know. thing as. I mean, Michael you know, Parsons looked great. I mean, their season. I mean, let's their season's over. They're, Cooper they're, Rush can't throw to like air if he was throwing at air. Well, and I mean, Dak is terrible. out with that. With Let that me ask hand you injury, a so question. Now there is a quarterback out there that can be had. What would the Niners have to accept? I mean, listen, the Cowboys aren't going to give up a first-round pick. They're not going to be good this year. But a second-round pick that is effectively kind of like a late... I, I, I would do it, but the Niners won't because of Trey Lance's performance in week one. They're yeah. going to keep Jimmy there because they yeah. know if this continues to happen. And Lance didn't play gosh-awful. I mean, if you watch that game, it was a monsoon. It was doomed from the start for the yeah. 49ers. But it's like... Atlanta. Yeah, but you at least at this at the same time you guys didn't exactly play up to par. We did. Well, I mean the defense did. Is the second half penalties? It was penalties. We win that game by ten if we don't have those penalties. Like we, and that's so uncharacteristic of a 49ers team. Like in the first half, Armand, were you watching? We sacked Fields. Like, I mean, Fields couldn't get anything going. And then the second half, we came out and we were like, oh, we're just gonna make a penalty every third down and stuff. So like. Trey Lance, everyone's going to put the blame on him. And yeah, I mean, he made a costly interception. He did, uh, you know, he, but he ran really well in a monsoon. Yeah, I think, you know, he's young. He's going to have growing pains. And I, it's good that they lost that game because it's going to put them in adversity early when I think they would have strolled into Denver or even Seattle next week and gotten blown out if they were on their high horse thinking they beat the Bears. Maybe the Bears are better than everyone thinks, but they're going to hold on to Jimmy right now because of the Trey Lance situation. No, that totally makes sense. I mean, what you need a backup. Like, you need a good backup. Yeah. But like everyone's saying, oh, Jimmy would have played well in that game. No, he wouldn't have. He can't run, and it's in a monsoon, and he can't hold the football. He would have thrown three interceptions. Yeah, but he would have made better decisions he than, than of course, Trey of course, because of course. He's, he's the Because he's been, yeah, he's he's been, been in the league there. 10 years. Yeah, yeah, he's been there. So, like, that that's the reason why you hold on to him because exactly. you have that vet, you have that experience, you have somebody and that's going to make better decisions. They're not trading them to an NFC team if they were. Oh they're no, trying no, no, to, no, they're no, trying no. to contend. And there's yeah. still some, you know, hate there. The Cowboys in San Francisco, like, yeah, they're school. not going to do no any favors help to them. The I mean, the league, the league hates the Cowboys. Every other team, they root for them to lose, yeah. and it's just, it's. We know every year the Cowboys are going to choke. It you just know, happened Cowboys earlier. The Cowboys have that thing, but because they are the Cowboys, they get this signature game. I really hope that 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 they realize it's a little bit like LeBron James at the Lakers. This is what I. But you said no to the well, Lakers. No, the Lakers okay, are better they, than the Cowboys. They will still get big numbers. So watch the number that this game yes. gets. What happens is, like, if this progresses, you got to take this team off those signature games because this it's a is a bad. It's a bad product. Listen. Who cares if they win or lose? You can't lose 19 to 3. Like, that's right. just a boring game. And I actually agree with Armand. Until the Lakers prove themselves, I wouldn't have put them on TV. It's LeBron James. At the end of the day, it's LeBron James. Yeah, it doesn't matter if LeBron loses by 20. Yeah, no, but, you're but still, people it's still are going to tune in. People are tune yeah, in. people are going to tune into a star. They're not going to tune into, like, a bunch well, then of put five the Clippers nobodies. on. Put the Clippers on. They're a better team. No, I but hate I, to say it, but it's true. Yeah, but we're talking about franchises. We're talking about, like, big People are going to watch the Yankees. People are going to watch the Cowboys. People are going to watch the Story franchises. But I agree. 
agree with you. Early on in the season, there's nothing wrong with it, especially because one of the greatest pastimes in sports is all of us gathering to laugh at those teams. Well, that's the which is why people watch. This is why you can't compare the two. Why if the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George, people want to do one of two things. They either want to watch the Cowboys win or they want to watch them lose, and they get so much joy. But exactly, yeah. So you, you get so much joy in watching those teams lose. I mean, Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith's viral videos of him laughing yeah. after the Cowboys. Well, they're a bigger joke than the Lakers. and I mean, no, they haven't won in like 30 uh, years. And they'll I never I win. No, oh, come no, on. We won a championship. In terms we won a championship two years ago. Correct, though. correct. Exactly. I thought come you meant on. in terms of present day. It, it's really Dude, the Lakers are making sides. the playoffs. Like, the I don't Cowboys know. Aren't. Yeah, I don't but the know. Cowboys, but the Cowboys have a bigger gap. As opposed to the yes. Lakers, at least the Lakers have won. Correct. Exactly. Least, right. But the Cowboys, like it's been like, were you guys even born? Exactly. They've been a like, joke for like thirty years, and yeah. it, it's hilarious when these national shows just talk about them every single morning. And Stephen A. That's why he like, he, that's why he does this. He's like, we all know what's going to happen. You still talk about him when we know what's going to happen. I mean, if they're, they're top. They're still technically a viable top ten franchise financially. Yeah. So, I mean, I get why people are talking about This is about why them. owners can't be like Jerry Jones, Artie Moreno, and all these guys that are so, like, into it. Hands-on. Exactly. Yeah. That's not... Let... How simple is this? When has it ever worked where you don't let someone you hire do their job? So, quick question for you, know? you then on that. Um, they're turning the way of corporations, right? Yeah. Like, every, like, every team is turning the way of, of now being a corporation as opposed to being, like, a family, you know, kind of uh, organization. Are, are we happy with that? Yes, and that's why the Lakers need to be sold. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I mean, okay. Well, let's let's talk about a, a team that will never get sold. U, um, USC football <laughs> defeated Stanford 41-28, to but it wasn't a pretty ending for the Trojans. SC led 35-14 to at halftime and 42-14 to in the fourth quarter before Stanford outscored SC 14-0 in the final period. Nonetheless, the Trojans are now ranked seventh and have a clear path to the college football playoff if they win outright um guys they need to win in utah in a few weeks but how excited are you um about the start of usc football and my question do you think will be you do you think you guys will beat utah i think so listen uh, this team can score a ton of points we talked about this at the beginning of the season worried about the defense not worried about the offense this reminds me of the norm chow time period where they can score a ton of points listen at the end of the game it just seemed like they they took their foot off the gas gave up two touchdowns not ideal but again it was so beautiful to have a 42 to 14 lead in the fourth quarter up at the farm in palo alto and stanford they always find a way to beat usc not this year not under the watch of lincoln riley caleb williams i love this team i mean this team's better than i thought i knew going into the year we'd win 10 games and i said okay we're a top 10 team but i don't know if this year we can make the college football playoff and just watching how many playmakers they have I mean, I think I know schedule is going to be important. They're the fourth best team in the country. Like they're better than Clemson. They're better than any of those teams until they're proven otherwise. This, when you look at special teams every year, like when we saw the Warriors play at the beginning of last season, we kind of knew they're going to the finals if they stay healthy, right? Because they were winning. It didn't matter who they played; they were winning. And I know USC has a weak schedule, quote unquote. But they kind of look like that Warriors team where they just find ways to win. And I know they were lackadaisical in the second half. Trust me, if it was close, Caleb would have put on a show. Oh, yeah. They were just kind of 
coasting and is that the correct thing to do? Probably not. But Stanford's also not a bad football team. They have a first round pick in Tanner McGee, their quarterback, who I think will flourish and get into the top 15 by year's end. He's six foot six, two thirty, great arm, pro style quarterback. Then EJ Smith reminds me a lot of Christian McCaffrey. Is he Christian McCaffrey? No, but he's an elite running back. And this is an offense that really can put together some good games. I'd be very shocked if Stanford doesn't win eight games this year. Like they're they're a good football team. Well, do you also think though that because because Stanford always always brings it right? Like, how do you think yeah. they're going to do the re- the remainder of the year? Just, just Stanford just, or USC? Yeah, Stanford. I, I think they're going to I think they're going to go in and beat Oregon. I really do. Oh, well, that's a bold statement. Um, um, also, do you think that they're going to beat Utah? Do you think that Stanford? No. Oh, <laughs> Stanford's not God, beating no. Utah. No. Um, <laughs> do you think that that SC will beat Utah? Look, that's a tough game. Um, that's going to show whether this team is CFP or not, because we know we're going to beat Notre Dame in week 12. I think yeah. by this point, we kind of know like Notre Dame's going to come. Notre Dame has no offense. Like okay. I've never, never seen anything like it. It's like they're stuck in the coal mines in West Virginia doing nothing <laughs> like just coal, you know, mining coal all day. They don't know how to get out of the coal mine and actually, you know, go out in the world. I know it's a terrible analogy, but they have an anemic offense, right? When we look at USC, they can win. Matt Liner posted this, our boy Matt Liner. And I mean, it was like, if we put up 50 points a game, like we're not going to lose. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, that's again, that's never, I don't think that that's ever been the issue for you guys, right? For SC, I've never been if Caleb, a question. If Caleb continues to be crisp and not turn the ball over, USC will win 12 games. But, but will USC he, beat Utah? Yes. Okay. This this team is electric. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to take it one week at a time, though, because I'm looking at Corvallis, not this weekend, uh, but next weekend. That's another place that always game. trips, always yep. trips up and USC. It'll be closer than people think, but USC's going to win that game. They should. Way. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the hope, right? That's not the, the definite. <laughs> I will say this. Pete Carroll had so many really good teams. And I felt the best team during his entire run here at USC was the Mark Sanchez team. Best defense. They had yep. one bad half up in Corvallis. And that's all it that's takes. That's all it took. That's all. And here's why that's all it will take this year. The Pac-12 is not that strong. So you, you, USC cannot afford to lose. You want to hear a hot take? They can't afford to lose. Caleb Williams is the best USC quarterback in the history of USC. See, that is a Brandon. How is that a bad take? I'm not saying it's a bad take. We talk about Matt Leinart and Carson Yeah, but how, how good and, were those guys in the NFL? Caleb's well, no, going to no, be a super college. college. You're talking college. about college. I have no college. idea how good Caleb yeah. is going to do in the NFL. I, I, you know, I know he's going to be a superstar oh, you know. in the NFL. How, I, right how good now. is Trey Lance going to be? Hold <laughs> on. Oh, 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 <laughs> I think he'll still be good. It's growing. He games. could be. He could be. No, listen. Uh, I mean, but by the way, that would make me so happy because you really appreciate when you go through the crap USC yeah. went through. Like, I think there was a time period when Pete Carroll. Where, where we took it for granted. Yeah, it was like yeah. every year, top five, top four finish, Rose Bowl. It's like, oh, we're going back to the Rose Bowl again. And then years. we were so bad. Well, let me rephrase that. Yeah. I, I I don't think he's the best in college. I meant prospect. Prospect, I meant prospect. Okay. Like, I think he'll be the best NFL player, like better than Carson Palmer, better than Matt Leiner, better than Mark Sanchez of all the quarterbacks. In college, obviously Palmer and Leiner were better. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. But uh, he seems to be like number on that two. Bar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on that yeah, 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 yeah. And and by the way, real quick, he's in the mix for the Heisman, which is another great thing. When you can have a USC quarterback back in that mix and have that His trophy ceremony, could win the Heisman. Oh, that transfer portal just changed the game for USC, and that's only the beginning. Like any hole that they have, think of it as a team with like unlimited cap space in the future. 
I mean, it's like they like got I'm Shane seeing, Lee from Alabama, and he's great. We're seeing Caleb Williams commercials already on TV. It's a game in changer. NFL games. In NFL games. Great point. <laughs> I mean, I'm wondering how, like, because we're still at the very baba stages of NIL <laughs> and right. of like this is the wild wild west right now there are no rules yeah. right um, like roads where we're going we don't need no roads I like that um, wait do you think <laughs> that these kids know where that line's from uh, Oh, are you kidding? Back to the future. Oh, back to the future. Back to the future. Yeah. Oh, okay. You guys gotta brush up. Brush up on your movies. It took me a second, but I, I, yeah. Get in that flux capacitor. Doc, doc, doc. Oh, by the way, did you know that the DeLorean is back? No. Yeah. Um. Go Google it, everybody. It's my dream car. Yeah, but it's it's so sick. It looks amazing. I'll send I'll send you the yeah um I'll send you the Instagram on it. It looks incredible uh, but you have to be on a list unfortunately to get mm. it to obtain it but all you have to do I think is just add your name onto it or something right. like that so it's not that bad but um, yeah I, I just think that this NIL and um, being in the transfer portal there's gonna eventually have to be a cap on it right you would think but like at some point people said listen you know you got the Yankees and the Dodgers there needs to be a salary cap in Major League Baseball I think when the toothpaste is out of the tube it's hard to put it back in I think this is the way it will be and I think that the haves and have nots a school like USC with the alumni base and the money and all that stuff they they are now primed for success and not just with football look, look at what's going to happen with hoops look look like in terms of they have a track record for success now with commercials and things like that all right Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will be joined by our good friend, Fernando Ramirez. He was at SoFi last night. I keep saying last night. It was yesterday when we return right here on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California. The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game, in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details. And here he is, our main man in San Diego, our main man on the Chargers, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? Good, Arash, man. You, you should take a drink of water after having to say all that. that I was, know, right? That, that's great A stuff. That is a mouthful. Uh, I had the pleasure of sitting next to our good friend here, Fernando, uh, during the uh, Chargers-Raiders game at SoFi. Um, 
Main takeaways from the game. I mean, I thought, listen, by the way, it was weird to see these tweets like Justin Herbert's the real deal. It's like this is like the third year that we've seen this guy do these things. So we've we've known that about Herbert. The defense, that was the big question going into this season, and they looked really good. Yeah, no, I mean, everybody said Khalil Mack is washed. I think Khalil Mack meant that he washed his jersey. <laughs> he got everything ready to go because. Man, that dude, that dude was really, he was on one. Three sacks, four quarterback hits, uh, I think three or four tackles for loss. And then obviously he added just a different element to that team. And then, man, one guy that nobody is talking about is Bryce Callahan, slot corner. Uh, Bryce was a guy who was with the Broncos. He was with the, um, with the Bears, with Brandon Staley. Brandon brought him over. He's had a couple of injuries here and there, but yesterday, I can I think I can say this after only three catches for 19 yards. He took Hunter Renfro out of that game. He was on him most of the game. Gets a pick from Derek Carr. The defense really, like you said, was the focal point. Could they finally uh, do what they needed to do in Brandon Staley's second year? 2021, let's build around Herbert. 2022, let's build around Derwin James. They did that, and uh, Sunday was the first evidence that we got of the defense and, and the defense was a lot better they stopped the run they were able to stop uh stop a lot of those plays that um that you could see the raiders i mean there were there were some plays where you're like oh here we go and boom drew trinkle interception or or bryce Callahan or sunday samuel jr yeah leaving hunter renfro taking off and picking off a pass that would have been a touchdown to Devonte adams so yeah no the defense was uh was on one yesterday. They they really played well and they they impressed me. Yeah, Fernando Brandon Deutsch here. I wanted to ask you about Thursday's primetime game, you know, against the Chiefs. I personally think they're going to go into Kansas City and win. I know that the Chiefs came into uh, LA and beat them last year. So, right? Then they beat them in LA last yeah, year. Yeah, that was like a great game. Yeah. yeah, so I think I personally think the revenge will be at hand. Justin Herbert looked fantastic. I was saying in the first uh, segment that his arm looked better than Josh Allen's arm. I know Josh Allen can run better than Herbert. That's not to say Herbert's not a great athlete. He obviously is. But just what he was able to do fitting the ball into his receivers and tight coverage. I'm all in on this team. I said before the season they'd win 12 games and win the division. I know Kansas City looked good. Again, I don't think the Cardinals are that good. I think they're a bit overrated. So, I, you know, it's just going to be a good matchup. What are your thoughts going into this game Thursday? Well, the pass that he threw to DeAndre Carter uh, in the, I think it was in the before halftime, uh, Arash and I were like Daniel Cormier and Joe Rogan. We were like, <laughs> whoa, like that, what a great, like, do you just squeeze it into a place where it's either going to be on the ground or it's going to be a, a touchdown? So that was a great, uh, that was a great throw. But this game is going to be interesting because if Team Nowing can't go, that really complicates a little bit of what the Chargers do because. Man, Keenan, was, at one point, he was battling Devontae Adams. He had four catches, 66 yards. He had that big 42-yard grab. And uh, he looked like he was really cooking the Raiders' defense up. And boom, he ends up getting hurt. Now, I think it was more of a precaution by the Chargers to keep him out and say, you know what, let's wait until Thursday. But obviously, I, I asked Keenan after the game, I, I was like, did you play on Thursday? He said, possibly. I'm like, it's a Thursday night game. And then he goes, Small, possibly. So, as of right now, obviously we don't know, but he, uh, after the game, like I said, he told Brandon, I'm good, don't worry, and, and all that stuff. So, it seems like he should be good, but you just don't know don't know with hamstrings. But the uh, the big addition could be J.C. Jackson. They, uh, he didn't play on Sunday. 
Brandon said after the game that there was a good possibility he could have played, but they decided to, that it was best for him not to. That tells me that they were probably saving him for Thursday as well. So if Gacy Jackson goes and Keenan Allen's able to go, then you are going to get that primetime um, Ivan Drago versus Rocky Balboa matchup that I think everybody's uh, hoping to watch because it's going to be the first primetime game uh, or the first game on uh, Amazon primetime, and that's why they wanted this one. They want Justin Herbert. They want Patrick Mahomes to slug it out. and But I think this might be more of a defensive matchup than uh, everybody uh, thinks. But I, I think it's going to be a really good matchup, though. And I think uh, I think they really are going to go uh, blow for blow. So it's going to be a, a good one. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely agree that this game's going to be epic, right? But um, I want to switch over to the Chargers running game. They kind of faltered a little bit um, uh, for week one. Fernando, what uh, what does this Chargers team need <clears throat> Sorry, to do in order to improve that running game? You know what? I, I thought it was, I mean, obviously the block and everything. I think the Raiders did a really good job of kind of slowing them down in the running game. That's why the pass was so open. That's why a lot of fans, I think, got frustrated in the second half because you were killing him in the first half with your pass game, and the run game just wasn't working, but the Chargers were consistent with it. Thirty-one, uh, They ran about 31 times for 75 yards. I understand that fans are like, well, why do you keep on running the ball? Hey, you keep on running the ball just in case if one of those big holes opens up. I think the mistake that the Chargers made yesterday was at the towards the end. They were giving the ball to Sonny Michelle when the one that was having, uh, the one that was having success was Joshua Kelly. I think the Chargers need to start giving Joshua Kelly a little bit more of the ball. He really, uh, he really has come into his own. I feel like this could be the season where Joshua Kelly kind of breaks out. You saw glimpses, uh, glimpses of it his rookie year. Um, then he got into Anthony Lynn's doghouse, and last year he was in Brandon Staley's doghouse. So I feel like this year could be the year where he really could be a game changer. I think the Chargers in Kansas City should use him a little bit more and give him the ball a little bit more than Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle is obviously, we know who he is, but Joshua Kelly is still kind of that unknown. Maybe he could be that spark plug that can get the run game going. And uh, and I, I think that they should give him the ball more. But Austin Eckler, uh, the run game is fine. It's just going to be a matter of kind of jump-starting it a little bit. And, uh, and I think that might take a little bit of time just because of uh, how open the pass game uh, is for these guys. Fernando, what was post-game like? Again, uh, people don't know this who aren't in the media, or perhaps that they do. I mean, this is the first time since the 2019 season, again, because we had the pandemic 2020, 2021. Um, this is the first time that you were uh, you got to go into the locker room. You were the first one to go up to Khalil Mack. What was that like? Honestly, Aladdin said it best, a whole new world. He sang it best. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was literally incredible to walk in. You're like, oh my god, I'm in the locker room. Like this, it just felt like a whole new, brand new. It felt like it felt when I walked in in 2013 on the Monday night game after the after the Chargers beat the Colts. Andrew Luck's rookie year. I walked into the locker room. I looked around. I'm like, oh my god, there's this, there's this guy, there's this guy, there's that guy. Here it was like, wow, okay, like you're in the locker room for the first time in two years. So it was definitely amazing. Uh, yeah, I went up to Khalil and I asked him. And, excuse me, the funniest part was Khalil didn't want to talk about himself. Like, he, every time I'd ask him something about him, he would steer it away to talk about, uh, he wanted to talk about the team. And he's like, yeah, we did well. But, yeah, yeah, Khalil, but you had three sacks. Well, yeah, but if it wasn't for Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day and, and uh, Joey Bosa, I probably wouldn't get there. And I'm like, oh, 
then I asked him finally, I'm like, you know what? Okay, let's go to this. I'm like, was there any trash talk between you and Derek Carr? And he just goes, he's like, there wasn't enough time to trash talk because those guys were trying to move fast. But, and then he like looks at me, kind of smiles and he goes, but yeah, there was no, no opportunity. I'm like, okay, you got, you got a little bit off. You know, you did, you, you must've told them one or two things. So, uh, but yeah, no, it was awesome to be back in there and, and to get a chat to some of the guys. Derwin James was the one that, uh, he sees me, he's like, Fernando, you're in the locker room. All right, let's get it. Let me get a shirt on. Let's talk. And I was like, all right. He's like, I got a lot to say. So he was, uh, he was excited after the game as well. So it was awesome to, to be able to be back in the locker room and, and, uh, and I'm just happy that we're able to, to get that again. Fernando, really impressive stuff by the Chargers yesterday. In terms of the Raiders' perspective, personally, it felt like the Chargers were going to pull away a little bit more in the second half. The Raiders kept the game close. Derek Carr had those costly interceptions down the stretch. What do you think of this Raiders team compared to what you thought maybe going into the game? Did you have any new thoughts about this Raiders team, and what do you think about them going forward? Um, real quick, just I think if Keenan Allen would have continued playing, I think the Chargers might have blown the Raiders out just as that's the way the game was leaning towards. But, I mean, obviously, uh, maybe he's only counting horseshoes and hand grenades. But, uh, but really, I think that um, I was impressed by Devontae Adams just because, I mean, I don't think I'd ever – I'd never seen him play in person, so I was really surprised. I, and one of those, I caught myself just watching him the whole time, and uh, he's just really impressive. The only thing is that, I mean, I I don't want to say that Derek Carr kind of slows these guys down, but this is kind of this is. I, I think Derek Carr is auditioning to be the future quarterback of the Raiders, and I mean, yesterday wasn't really a really good indication. At one point, he had a he had a hat trick in in uh, in interceptions, and you're kind of like he leaves you wanting, I think, a little bit more, but. I think the more the Raiders kind of play, they'll get more comfortable. We have to remember also, the Raiders didn't play in preseason. They didn't play Derek Carr and Devontae Adams during preseason. Um, but I just think it was a multitude of things. I think at one point, Hunter Renfro was taken out of the game. Uh, at some point, when uh, when Derwin was guarding Darren Waller, he was completely out of the game, too. So, uh, so at times, he was just throwing at Devontae, throwing at Devontae. And uh, I think that's the thing with Derek Carr, though. Because last year, at the beginning of the season, I don't know if you guys are. This is this is the thing that happens at the beginning, and then what happens at the end. At the beginning, he stares down receivers. Last year, I think Darren Waller in the first five weeks had like fifty something catches, and maybe towards the middle of the season, he started spraying the ball around, and that's when we got good Derek Carr. That's when you got the Derek Carr that led them to the playoffs. Well, sometimes he kind of stares down guys. So that was my only concern when they got uh, Devontae Adams. Is Will he stare down Devontae Adams and just keep on looking his way? Yesterday, that kind of happened. Yeah, it was open, but you didn't give other guys a chance to kind of help you win the game. So I think that's going to be the thing moving forward. Will he just stare down Devontae Adams, or will he be able to spread the football around and and, uh, and give his team the best chance to win? That's going to be the biggest question about uh, Derek Carr moving forward. Hey, Fernando, I know you're going to be watching the division rivals tonight, the Broncos, and how they're going to play against the Seahawks. I think everyone is expecting the Broncos to win and cover. I know they're only favored by what? It was like seven or something, something crazy like that. I don't know who they think the Seahawks have. Um, But, I mean, Javante Williams is a stud. Russell Wilson now with a really good defense. What are you looking for the Broncos to do to see if they're really a threat, you know, going into next week? Uh, the offensive line. I, I, I don't. I have questions about their uh, their offensive line. 
Uh, could Russ just be in a, C- in a Seattle situation 2.0 with the Broncos offensive line? I know some people say, oh, Garrett Bowles is a good left tackle, and they have, a, they have good pieces around them. I've seen this Broncos um, offensive line kind of deteriorate. I've seen them kind of fall apart at certain points. So I'm interested to see. And, I mean, obviously the Seahawks aren't going to be the best uh, measure of that just because their defensive line is a little bit um, uh, a little bit average or maybe a little below average. But um, but I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see these cornerbacks get tested because, I mean, like it or not, DK Metcalf and, uh, and Tyler Lockett are still two of the best duos in uh, – they're one of the best duos in the NFL. So I'm interested to see kind of how Patrick Jacan handles a bigger receiver kind of like DK Metcalf. And, uh, but yeah, I, I just want to see, I, I want to see what the offensive line is going to do for them. And then obviously the Broncos defensive line. I'm not a big Randy Gregory guy. I don't think Randy Gregory, uh, was deserved all that, but we're not deserved. I don't want to say that. I was surprised about the amount of money that he was given because of his history and because I don't think he's that good of a pass rusher, but, um, I'm interested to see him in, uh, him and, uh, Bradley Chubb, see how good they're going to be together. So, yeah, those are some of the things that I'm gonna I'm looking forward to, but I kind of expect tonight to be a blowout between the uh, I think the Broncos will probably blow them out. Okay, Fernando, I wanted to ask you. I know you cover the Chargers, but the Rams Stafford didn't look good. I know there were questions about his elbow, three interceptions, and it's not like this is anything new. Stafford, you know, has dealt with consistency issues in the past. Sometimes throwing three picks, looking like the worst QB in the world, and other times looking like the best QB in the world. And for the most yeah. part, he was good in the playoffs last year, which is why they won, and he was great. So for the rest of the season, he did lead the league in interceptions last year. Is this a concern, especially since he seems to be only targeting Cooper Cup? I know it's the offensive line that wasn't giving him time, but still, is this a concern moving forward for the Rams? Well, like you said, it was the offensive line. The offensive line is going to continue being that bad. They just lost their center for, I think, four to six weeks. I think they lost another piece of their offensive line also. I can't remember. But if the offensive line is going to keep on being that bad, then Matthew Stafford is going to keep on being that bad. So I feel like that's a concern. I just don't see how much wiggle room the Rams have right now to try and bring in a good player, a good center. Like, at one point, all this uh, house of cards kind of falls apart. And, yeah, the Rams are the naked moves after moves after moves. But at one point, that has to stop because your salary cap can't take more of it and, and all the movements that you've done from the past come back and, uh, and, and haunt you. But at least they have a Super Bowl out of it. Um, but I, I, I just think if that offensive line keeps on being as bad as it is, and I think it really is that one of the worst in the NFL, I think they're, uh, I think Matthew Stafford's going to struggle. And I don't think he's healthy, to be honest. I, I don't think that elbow is, is completely healed. He wasn't throwing down the field. He was just throwing out routes. He was throwing in the middle. That one that sailed on him, uh, the one where I think he was trying to hit Tyler Higby. That one that sailed on him, that was a bad, uh, that was a, a really bad throw. So I think, I don't think Matthew Stafford, or, yeah, I don't think Matthew Stafford is well right now. And I think he'll continue to, uh, to move forward because he's a tough, he's one of the toughest quarterbacks in the league, to be honest. But I just don't think he's healthy. And I, I don't think this offensive line is going to do them any help. So I think they're going to have to rely on the defense, kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday relied on their defense to win in that game. I think that's kind of how, uh, the Rams are going to have to do it moving forward. I mean, they have pieces and everything, and I'm sure McVay will make adjustments, but I just think that offensive line is really bad right now for the Rams. Are they still the favorite in their division? I know every team might lose oh, this yeah. week. No, Aaron, 
you just thought Arizona get the crap uh, kicked out of them by by the, the Chiefs. Like we're literally like just doing whatever they wanted on uh, Arizona, and then San Francisco, man, is it Jimmy G time already in week two? It, are, are the are the fans getting it reckless and and want Jimmy G in there? I don't know. And then obviously Seattle, Seattle. So I I think the Rams are still the better team, but if uh, but man, it just it's a it's a rough dude. I mean, they, for all the for all the like the AFC West looks like uh, Marvel, and uh, the NFC West looks like DC. So <laughs> it's just easy to see uh, to see the, the the differences between both divisions. Uh, Fernando, we talked about San Diego sports fans, hopefully, maybe, perhaps, embracing the Chargers again now that they're playing well. Um, I thought it was kind of a, like, I didn't know what to think about this, but when the SoFi Stadium big screen showed highlights of the Dodgers blowout victory over the Padres 11-2, to your thoughts there, I mean, listen, they're, they're part of Los Angeles now, but that may be a rivalry or that may be a game that, that if I'm the Chargers, I kind of acknowledge, but I, I don't really need to put that on this scoreboard at SoFi. Well, the one thing, Arash, that I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to say not, but I think the one thing that the Chargers should do is embrace the community more in San Diego, kind of like the Rams have. Yeah. I think they should acknowledge it. I think they should, uh, they should, uh, I mean, kind of be like, hey, um, San Diego, we still recognize you. We still love you. Stuff like that, like just do more within the community. I mean, still have events down here. I think they should do stuff like that. But, um, but I, I think that, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from with that one. I mean, that was that was pretty interesting to see that. But I just think that they should acknowledge more um, the city of San Diego because I mean, you come from there. Yeah, a lot of I'm, I, Raj, yesterday I was driving and I saw about fifteen to twenty cars wow. with Charger fans heading up to heading up to SoFi Stadium. So. There's a, I'm telling you, down here in San Diego, like from Chula Vista, like, <laughs> like our good friend was all the way from Chula Vista, <laughs> up the, the coast, uh, I saw a lot of Charger fans heading up from San Diego. So I, I just think that the Chargers should embrace San Diego a little bit more. I know it's your past and it's kind of like your past girlfriend or whatever, but you still acknowledge them. You still love them. You still respect them. So I just think that they should, uh, they should do a little bit more, uh, with to embrace the community. Cause like I said, a lot of their fans are coming up from San Diego. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And when you look at how good this team is this season, and you see Justin Herbert, and I was really kind of um, happy to see the number of powder blue Chargers jersey. I know that that that, that, that when it's the Raiders, there's a ton of of, of fans that 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 come here for that game, or that are just you know they they haven't stopped cheering for the team. They love the silver and black, and that was the problem, or that was a concern when they were there in San Diego, but the number of powder blue jerseys I saw, the number of Justin Herbert jerseys that I saw, the, the number of kids, by the way, wearing those jerseys, then you know that the Chargers are beginning to move the needle and beginning to you know say, hey, listen, we are for real. Fernando, you're the best. We're going to do this. It's every Monday with you during the uh, football season. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markham saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Everybody got their own thing. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.